On this episode, we're sitting down with my dear friend, Sergey, Emmy Award-winning New York-based TV journalist and show correspondent for National Geographic. I thought this was going to be a great interview for many reasons, and one of them was because Sergey holds a master's degree in broadcast journalism. What I didn't expect was for Sergey to start interviewing me during his integration. My question is for you, actually. How often do you do these ceremonies and why? When I feel the calling, the, the why part it varies, right? Because it's not necessarily an intellectual process. And it's not a regimented process where it's on the calendar and this and this day. I hold space for people, right? Friends and family. And that's not based on my schedule. It's more or less based on the schedule of others. So if I could be there and help someone, I'll be there and help someone. Great. For myself personally, I just go with the flow. When the time is right, it kind of evidences itself to me. And then I know learning how to be kind of a little bit more harmonious and present. When we start to work on that, we start to give up the calendar. We start to give up our concepts around linear time. And we just like really just go with the flow, man. When it's right, it's right. And I'll know. It'll come tap me on the shoulder. I don't have to look for shit. For those who are still more or less connected to the calendar, is it like twice a year or like twice a week that you do plant medicine ceremonies for yourself to maintain the level of understanding, the level of kind of awareness that you want to maintain? You only look to maintain it when you feel you're off of it. So it's like if you feel you're far off the path and you need some help kind of getting back on the pathway, if you lost your way, then you can use any tool available, right? So it's like you're pointing specifically at plant medicine, but I want to broaden that a little bit to include the various tools and techniques and practices that we have available to us to kind of reorient our trip when we feel we've gotten off the beaten path. So in the beginning, perhaps it is plant medicine when we're so kind of caught up in our story and our drama in our role, and we don't understand that there's kind of more to it. And I could actually put this role down, you know, in those instances, plant medicine could be very powerful because it puts us into contact with these other models, right? These other models that may seem more rich, more vibrant, more real, more authentic than perhaps our role did. And when that happens, you know, kind of like shakes you onto your path, so to speak, right? You can't unsee some of this stuff. It comes very heavy, comes very real, and it really imprints on you in a profound way. And then after you recognize that there's more to the story, more to the role and more to life than I thought there was, then you start realizing that there are many tools that help us do this, right? From meditation to yoga, to breath work, to fasting, there are many, many tools that help get us out of our own way. And so you start to work with all of the tools, right? You don't just rely on the plant medicine because it's not really practical and it's not always the most efficient pathway. So you start to work with all the tools. And then if you're working with all the tools, especially the subtle ones like breathing, which we're all doing all the time every day, but you start doing it from, let's say, a place of consciousness and you start to reorient your awareness away from the mind towards, let's say, the other systems that are inside of this package that are also very profound. And you work with these tools in a continuous omnipresent fashion. 
I don't want to say you're always in that place because that means there's a that and a this. I would say that you start to integrate these two models. You integrate the physical plane with the metaphysical plane on a continuous basis daily, whether you're washing the dishes with full presence or whether you're meditating or with plant medicine. All you're doing is integrating this new place that you touched, which is expansive and loaded with information and beautiful and more vibrant than what you knew previously. And you start integrating that awareness in that place with this place, which is very, let's say, rigid and physically oriented and requires only the gross senses to navigate. You start to kind of merge these two places through all your practices. So you don't necessarily need to run to one or the other when you're doing them all, all the time. Does that make sense? I, well, it I does. I was just curious specifically about you, because for example, in the ayahuasca ceremony that I was a part of, some of these people who are part of the ceremony, they say, well, they do it every month. And it's a very intense experience. And I was like, well, what do you come back for? And they're like, every time we do it, there is this new information that we just didn't know we didn't know. And so for me, that would be a lot to go through on a monthly basis. For them, that's just part of their normal life. I'm just curious about for your personal journey, how do you integrate and in what proportion? Because we're all looking for our own cocktail. I'm just curious about yours. So it's intention driven, right? When you're holding space for others, like you mentioned, people that are helping out in a ceremony, right? They are also taking the medicine. They're doing it from the intention of holding space for others and helping others. So of course, there's going to be personal insight, but most of my kind of bandwidth is dedicated to helping the individuals that I'm there to support, holding space for everybody, keeping the environment clean. How often do you turn to plant medicine in your personal practice? I don't know, but right now I'm not drinking plant medicine. Okay. That's it. Like right now in this well, moment, I can tell to. you right now I haven't consumed any plant medicine, you know, today since I woke up. It's 1230 in the afternoon. I don't know what the future is going to hold. <laughs> At 6 p.m. if some shit goes down and I, you know, and the only way I can kind of resolve it is to go in. Here I come. Let's you go, know, you know. So it's Alan Watts, whom I love, you know, says, look, if you if you get the message, hang up the phone. You know, like when you get right. what you are seeking from plant medicine, don't keep right. doing it for no reason. So right. you're saying the same thing. So in breathe. Terms of surrender and have an intention yeah i mean that's it yeah that's the ultimate message i got from plant medicine no matter how many times i've went in you know there are there's always more right. there's always more no doubt but what's the common denominator what's the base level i know there's going to be more more is never ending it's expansive it's always layer upon layer you think you know no there's more the universe is dynamic and it's growing how can we have a knowing knowing by definition of the word is bookended it's closed-ended it means okay now you know there's nothing more to know but that's, that's absolute true. bullshit because everything is being redesigned and redefined in the moment right and we are evolving which means what it is right now is not what was yesterday at this time it's not even what it was a second ago so how can you know anything well first of right? all that because it, it always changes but also it's so infinitely complex and beyond understanding and that was my big takeaway after ayahuasca because i came with such a clear understanding you know socrates said I know that I know nothing. And I'm like, oh, well, he's just being coy before. After ayahuasca, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's exactly the truth, right. right. There is no point. It's like, again, Alan Watts trying to understand the infinite complexity of the universe with the limited tool of your mind is like trying to fork out the ocean with a yeah, fork. I mean, impossible. you can keep trying or you can just sit down and look at the, <laughs> the and ocean and enjoy it. And that's so, where I see surrender coming yeah. into play because it's like surrender the knowing. Surrender the concept that you're going to be able to 
put any of this into a container that you could carry around with you and deploy whenever you need because it's going to be invalidated as soon as you put it in the box. Because as soon as you put it in the box, you're again defining something undefinable, something that's beyond, right? And so it's not the thing anymore. So what Instead is the thing? of going after, see, I tried that approach in ceremonies. I tried to learn more, know more, right. how this, how that. And then I recognized that it goes Utility. off into infinity very quickly, yeah. right? Just like that seed is planted and it's always more, it's always more, it's ever expansive. Oh, you think you know? Here's another bit of data that completely invalidates what you knew before. Now do you know? What do you know now? And it kept going, going. So I think, wait a minute, hold on. What if I play the game the other way around? What if instead of trying to know more, I actually start to give up the knowing? What if I surrender the concept of knowing? And that's how I started to play the game. And then in this reductionist manner, right, it got me down to these really fundamental truths. And the fundamental truth is just breathe, surrender all your concepts, all of them. Surrender the knowing, surrender the role, surrender you think you know what's going on here. And just have an intention for your thoughts, words, and actions so they don't come from emptiness and unconsciousness. Right. That's it. And if I heard that message a number of times in the medicine space, outside of the medicine space, it's like, what else can I look for? Am I going to yeah. look for more again, which I know is going to just branch off into moreness right. over and over? Or am I going to just say, ah, that's it. That's how to play the game simply, efficiently, effectively, and with as much harmony and connectivity to this thing as possible. Breathe, surrender, and have some intention. That's right. it. One way of putting it for myself was like when I understood that this finite container that we are, no matter how much stuff you sort of try to stuff into that container, it'll still not be anywhere near enough of what there is to know and what you might need. And so rather than trying to stuff stuff into the container that's finite, why not empty the container and become a pass-through container so that whenever you need anything, it passes effortlessly through you from an infinite source of stuff that you might need, meaning knowledge, energy. That's called channeling. Right. I think I found myself channeling more than trying to film myself with things after these... Um, Welcome to the party. Ceremonies, right? <laughs> Being a channel versus a container mm -hmm. in a world full of containers comparing containers and like right. it all precludes all this, you from being a channel right? right you know they say you can't put a, a cucumber into a pickle jar and expect it not to get pickled we get pickled by you know our surroundings constantly and so i found myself needing this refresher course that just happened now after the big introduction half a year ago so for me that reminder because i needed to get unpickled a little bit from so it's like, how far do you want to play the surrender game? And I, again, right. I want to just redefine it. I'm not saying surrender as in quit or as in pacificity. I'm not saying that. I'm looking at surrender almost from how they say involved detachment. Right. Involved detachment. So the idea is as long as I'm still in this role, I'm still a somebody and I'm a somebody swimming in this medium of other somebodies, which is that pickling process, meaning I'm a product of my environment. As long as you're a thing in the environment, you're bound to be affected by the environment. Right, and if but you a stop channel being a is thing, no thing. Yeah. It's another level of surrender. It's another area where we find ourselves clenching, where we need to let go. 
to have a more efficient, let's say, experience. Right. And so I have to let go of my somebodiness. How do you do that? You have responsibilities. You have well, kids. Well, let's say you, you have, have, right, exactly. You don't come to a child and be like, I'm a channeler today, so I, I don't know how to respond to your needs right now. <laughs> you know, it's like, you can't do that, right? Well, a channel is more appropriate response in fact it's counterintuitive so we're <laughs> well, not ready like, to go there but i was yes. watching ram das documentary like becoming nobody oh, that's it's a beautiful be- the whole and the takeaways he's, yes are beautiful. he's beautiful his teachings are beautiful he's yeah so definitely a teacher of mine for sure it's actually been very helpful because the, the social media are as useful as they may have been intended to become in the beginning they're instruments of freeing us in our expression and our ability to connect to anyone in the world we choose to connect to what a beautiful concept what a beautiful thing now it's kind of like an enslavement thing one of my images in my journey um just yesterday was kind of like a a social media wall but it it, it felt like a, a a gigantic i don't know miles high and miles wide wall and when you look at it microscopically it's it's all these grooves and people and things neatly fit into the grooves that were then in the boxes and that's your profile and so like you see myriads and millions of people fitting neatly into these boxes and i found myself in my journey trying to fit into a, a box and i was like well my grooves are not like quite fitting into those grooves i'm like trying to stuff the unstuffable mm-hmm. into this so i finally had this this experience of just like jumping off of the wall and flying into this ether in front of the wall so the the concept was like to be visible and understandable and processable by these people in these boxes you have to become a box yourself You'd be more visible, in fact, if you're flying above everybody exactly. as opposed to being kind of right. you know, in a little box Interesting. parallel to them. So so you can do it in a journey, in a psychedelic journey. Right. How do you do it in life? You do it, bro. You just do it. <laughs> you know how, how to do, do you it. You're do saying it? it's uncomfortable for me to do it. <laughs> right. Ah, uh, That's a different story, right? Because you know clearly how to do it. You don't participate in bullshit. You literally don't participate... In what you understand to be bullshit because you will get dirty by playing with bullshit it's very simple yeah but now you might flip that and say oh well but i am uncomfortable with flying i'm uncomfortable with getting off the grid i'm uncomfortable with disassociating my self my higher self from this formatted pre-scripted role that i have to fit into in order to be consumed by all of these algorithms you're literally being consumed you have to fit into the format in order to be consumed in order to be represented right to the public at large that's participating in these structures of bullshit so it's funny you say the word represent it's because like etymology like you know words i've made a living only by using words words are my medium words are what i work in what i deal with that this is my art these are my notes that i play and one of the things that was just devastating to me in in the journey is that i realized that words are so limiting the moment you choose a word for any thought or idea you limit it to the meaning of the word to your associations with that word to your history of interaction with that word to the history of interaction with that word that your listeners had or may not have had so immediately by choosing a word to say anything you kind of kill the magic of whatever it is right that on. you're trying to present and in that way the words are little lies aren't they they're Meanwhile, all little lies words even are truthful. my thing like this is all uh, i've ever done uh, in my life is just use words to to deal with reality 
you know, so not really presented, but represented a certain way. So you're presented in not necessarily an authentic way, you know, when you represent yourself. So it, oh, it's the word itself, it, you know, the word builds <clears throat> in the understanding that when you represent yourself, you're already inauthentically representing something that right. was you're presenting as something else. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Subscribe, rate, and share so that we could do our part in spreading the light and diminishing the darkness.